But first up, we want to speak to Olympic medalist Khotso Mukwena. Uh, he's the long jumper in the triple jumper and we want to find out from him about the new diamond league long jump rules that have left a number of athletes frustrated including our very own rushal samai who won in sweden last weekend but he was not happy with his win because there was someone that leaped further than him but he did not win and rushal samai won uh, so usually in the long jump how it works is that the guy who jumps the furthest win wins whether it's your first jump whether it's your last jump but if you've got the furthest distance and then you win but there are new rules in the diamond league where the top three jumpers after five rounds will face off in a mini final and then the winner will come from that mini final so even if you have an 809 and the other guys have seven five twos you still go in the final with them and whoever jumps the furthest in that final then wins so it didn't go down well with rushal samai samai who tweeted that i won the competition based on a format that's not fair towards the guy with the furthest distance our event is simple whoever jumps the furthest during the competition wins the competition but not this time around eight one three meters gets you second place and 809 wins you the competition so those were the frustrations of rushal samai we did try to speak to him but um he is clearly still frustrated because he wasn't too keen on speaking to us rushal samai and I don't like to say this, but Rujal Samai is one of those guys that you can never get to speak to. He is just unavailable, whether you text him, whether you WhatsApp him, whether you call him. And he doesn't mince his words when he doesn't want to talk to you. And a lot of people I know will ask us, why don't you speak to so-and-so? Why don't you speak to so-and-so? But it's not easy. People have to agree for interviews uh, first, folks. I can tell you about a number of rugby players that we've tried to reach out to on this show. The Springboks, the management staff, the players. If people don't want to speak, there's not much we can do. But the conversation has to go on. So we're going to speak to Khotsomukwe now about this these new rules here just to get a better understanding of what's going on and still with athletics we also want to hear from paralympian and renee Veyes, who had a 2020 plans affected by COVID 19 she was set to retire this year but with the games postponed to 2021 where does that leave her so and renee uh, will uh, talk to us about that and later on on the show we'll also hear from safa's acting technical director mr franz mohasho so that's what's coming up if you have any questions or any comments you can always call us on 0891 or you can whatsapp us to this number 061-4104-107. For the story behind the action, catch Tabiso Musia weekdays at 7 p.m. So let's welcome the croc on the line, Khotsumukwena, who joins us. Good evening, croc, and thanks for taking our call on SAFM. Thank you so much. Uh, good to be here. Thanks for calling me in. Really appreciate it. Thank you. The last time we spoke to you, you still had not given up on that Olympic dream, the last Olympic dreams. What the Games now yeah. move to next year, where does it leave you, Croc? It makes it a little bit difficult for me because, you know, that means I have to endure another uh, <laughs> another almost a year of hard training, mm. which has been, it's not the easiest thing, you know, to train so hard for so many years, you know. Uh, it just becomes difficult and more difficult. I'm end up being, you know, a little bit. It gets more painful the older you get. <laughs> pain like this, you know. <laughs> but you still want to put yourself in more pain and give it a go. Yeah, one more time. I think uh, for me uh, to have five Olympic games under my belt is something that I've always wanted to have. You know, uh, there has been a number of times I wanted to walk away, but I think this is the goal that I've set out for myself and, and uh, I'm, I'm really going to try hard to, to, to get it. If I don't get it, I'm not going to try again. Mm-hmm. But I think <laughs> I should be happy with four four Olympics <laughs> under my belt if I don't get this one. But I really want to have five and, and be able to say I'm one of the athletes that uh, in the world who can say they've done five Olympics. There isn't many. Mm. 
So with that said, then yeah. when do you when does preparation start, or do you just continue what we were doing? So I've been, I mean, un, under the, the, the circumstances with the pandemic, uh, I've been in view of that. I've been actually just doing some light light training, you know, mm-hmm. jogging and doing a little bit of core, just to keep that up because it's easy to pick up weight when you are at home. You know, it's one of the easiest thing that can happen to you as an athlete to just keep up weight. So I've just been doing a little bit of light work, uh, jogging, running. And uh, also just doing some calls. So uh, the real real training should start in the, in a month's time. Mm-hmm. If if I really want to be on par, I should be able to start end of September to do the full full training. Hopefully, the stadiums are open by then. Yes, I was about to ask. I mean, what are your thoughts on Athletics SA not applying for the sport to return under Level Three? We haven't had anything now about Level Two. Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, I think in terms of of health wise, you know, I think uh, Athletics wants to be a, a president uh, of, 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 of athletics. So that's first said that he wants to be be able to protect the athletes. I think in view of that, I think that's a great idea. I mean, we have the Olympic Games coming up next year. So as a federation, you want to try and, and protect your athletes. But also, uh, it's, it's getting quite closer to where athletes have to start preparing for 2012 Olympic Games for what will happen next year. You know, they can't wait uh, Two more months, you know. Otherwise, it delays the, the the progress of them getting to peak at the right time. You see, these things they play a factor. So if you start training too late, you don't peak at the right time. So you you might miss out on on performing at your best when the Olympic Games uh, start. But by end of September, they should have hopefully found a, a solution on how to get the athletes on the track. Yeah, let's hope so. A lot of athletes uh, can't wait to get going. But let's talk about let's talk about these rules in the Diamond League. Firstly, are they only specific to the Diamond League? These long jump rules? Yeah. So when this thing started, it started last year at the at the Continental Cup. I don't know if you remember that. You know, when we had I mean, two years ago in 2018 at the Continental Cup when mm-hmm. they when they tried to introduce this rule, uh, it was a it's a terrible rule. To to introduce, I mean, you might have someone who's really have one of the best distance out of the six jumps, mm. and you are unable to win the competition, but you are the best, you know, uh, just because uh, you have to perform at each round. I mean, how can they expect that an athlete to be at the top of at each round? You can't do that out of the six. You know, your first jump might be the best one that wins the competition, you know, other ones might just be average, you know. Mm. Uh, but because they have the best distance, you should deserve to win it. But they try to keep up, uh, uh, to make the athletes try to have, to compete for each round. It, it doesn't make sense. I mean, uh, the, the thing the thing about jumping is you try to produce that one big jump that gets you the medal. I think that's what's important for the athletes. That, that's why we compete, so that we can get that one big jump that's a winner. You know, uh, it's it's impossible physically. It's a little bit impossible, and also pushes the body too much to try and get the best distance at every round. It, it doesn't happen like that. I mean, it's talent. It has to do with talent also. I mean, you might not be able to perform at all the rounds, but you might be able to get that one big jump that that gives you that medal that your country deserves. And this is now what they're doing. They they are disrupting that, and it, it, it's uncomfortable for the athletes. So who sits up and makes these rules then, Hotso? If the athletes are not happy. Now, you see, uh, at that time, IAF, okay, so obviously now it's World Athletics, okay? Mm. So I think when they introduced this, the biggest mistake they did is they didn't uh, sit down with the athletes who will be affected by this and to tell them that, look, this is what we want to plan, whether it's 
for the uh, TV, for the TV, whether it's for the views that they want to introduce this thing. But I think what's important is that the, the athletes, the athletes' voices is what's important. You know, mm-hmm. the athletes that are performing are the ones that you actually should speak to them about. You know, if you, you shouldn't do it because you feel like you want to have a, a bit of a show. You know, uh, it's the athletes, it's, the, it's their livelihood that they're doing. I mean, if, if an athlete jumps so far to win and all of a sudden jumping far doesn't matter, you know, you're killing the sports. So do the athletes then not have like an association or not have like a union where they can talk or where they can raise these matters if they're not happy with? And has this been happening since that 2018 Continental Cup in the Czech Republic? Yeah, yeah. It started there and then uh, some competitions, they tried to introduce it. That it was, you know, it was a back and forth thing. Obviously now there is a, a, a platform there for the athletes to, uh, to, to, to raise their concerns, on which uh, Rashal Samai is one of them, mm. uh, f- for the jumpers, you know. That's why he was able to be vocal about it. I mean, he's, he's part of that uh, at the Athletes Commission internationally to help the athletes. So I think um, that's the platform that, that, that needs to have even a stronger voice. I mean, it's led by Kristen Taylor. So uh, mm. I just hope that uh, they, they get hurt, you know, um, that the voices get heard, that the voices get out there about this rule. I mean, the, the rule is not, uh, it's really not the comfortable one. And also, you know, it just, it just questions a lot of things, you know, it's just, it, it, I mean, you're killing the, the, the fun part of it. Mm. So it, it, it's not cool at all. And it's also not nice, I mean, if Rushwal wins and then he comes back and then he says, but I don't deserve to win. And then the guy that comes second, uh, he says, well, I didn't win, but I had four jumps over eight meters. You read what you can, what, what you want to read out of that. Yeah, you see, this is also a, a thing that's uh, that's a bit concerning because, I mean, Rashal Samai is, is actually speaking on on on, the, on 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 the real core of it. That you know what, it's it's just not right. I mean, if 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 you if if you're an athlete, I mean, the guy that won from, uh, I think it's from Sweden, if I'm not correct, mm, mm, yes. uh, the guy that got second second, second yes. place. I mean, he. To me, I don't think he should be he should be celebrating the fact that look, I've, I've got jumps over eight. I think he's saying it because he's afraid to talk. Okay, mm. this is this is a big problem that we have uh, in, in sports as a whole that athletes are afraid to talk for whatever reason. But I mean, uh, if you are the one that's jumping there, you are the one that's that's really working so hard. I can tell you now that when he sits on his own at home, being being able to jump a, a distance that is better than the one who won, he's not happy about it. But, you know, he should be able to voice it and not, and not hide it. And I, I recommend uh, Rashford for doing that. You know, he voiced it and said, look, this is what's happening. It's not a comfortable thing, but, well, it's, it's happening. You know, we should be able to speak. It's time, it's time sports people, sports, sports, athletes start to speak, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it, it doesn't help to just keep and keep quiet and just follow. It doesn't help at all. For those who are just joining us, we're talking to Hotso Mukwena, just trying to understand these uh, regulate these rules or this rule that uh, Rochelle Samaya was not happy about in, in Stockholm. And we're going to continue this discussion after the break. If you want to weigh in, you can send us a voice note to this WhatsApp number 061-4104107. Hashtag SAFM Sport On. So if you're not sure what we are talking about, this is what happened in Stockholm on Sunday. Rushal Samai uh, leaped 8.09 meters and then at 
after that, he had a 7-8-0, and 7-6-7 and a no jump. So that's five rounds. And then Tobias Montler, the Swedish athlete, his biggest leap of the day was an 8-13. He produced another 8-13. He also had an 8-01 in the fourth. And then there was Christian Pulley of Finland who also eclipsed the 8-meter barrier with 8-02. But now they had to go into a mini-final these three jumpers, the top three. And then R- Rashwal in that mini-final then, he jumped 8.09 and Montla 8.06 and Pules had a no jump and that's how Rashwal Samai ended up winning and he was not happy with his winning. So, Hotzo, you're saying that as a long jumper, as somebody who jumps, uh, you just yeah. go there looking for that one jump regardless of when it comes. But if it comes yeah. in those five rounds, that's your aim. That's the aim. That's the aim. That, that's what it counts. It takes one jump to win the Olympic Games, you mm. know, and uh, it should stay like that. You know, you should be able to produce your best. should be the one that wins, you know. So I think this is going to really escalate to another level. This, this is how I see it, okay? I see it in a way that if athletes are not standing up right now, it's going to escalate to a much, much bigger level. It will get to the Olympic Games, to get to the World Champs. You know, you will produce the biggest jump at the World Champs and you are not number one. That's totally breaking. It's going to be heartbreaking for, for, for athletes if, if they're going to keep quiet and, and just follow this kind of a rule. You know, um, Look at it financially as well. I mean, it's the pandemic. The athletes went overseas to try and compete so that they can try and put the food on the table. Okay. Mm. So if you look at it this way, if, if, if for instance, we say the best jump, okay, the, the, winning, the winning prize is, uh, let's say for argument's sake, it's 100 rands. Okay? Mm. And then silver is... Uh, it's 40 rands, not even 60, not even 80. You say it's 40 rands, okay? And I produce the best jump. And then another guy produce a jump that's less than me, but he gets to get the big prize. And I get that, that, that lowest prize. I'm going to be very upset. It's going to hurt me financially, you know? So I'm saying that they need to speak up now before it gets to that level, because if they're going to take it to that level. They'll, take, they'll introduce that to the Olympic Games. They'll introduce that to the World Champs going to be totally unfair so i think it's time that they actually speak up now there's an sms here from paul who says what if the world record is broken is the guy still last okay that's an interesting one is the world record still the one by mark powell yeah 895 895. yeah yeah so then if in tokyo yes yes one in tokyo yeah so if if a guy jumps 896 the second guy uh, leaps 8.23. The third guy, let's say, gets 8 meters. Yeah. Do they still go into the final? And then... You see. Yeah. yeah. So even if you break that world record, there's no guarantee that you're going to win the event because you still have to go into don't, a final. You don't, you don't bring the medal out. <laughs> and you don't take your, 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 your lips to the final. You start from scratch. You don't take it. You don't imagine. Imagine all that hard work. And so it, it's painful. So I really think the athletes need to speak now. Otherwise, this just goes on to the next level. It's going to be terrible. So has it been confirmed then that they're going to take it to the World Champs? They're going to take it to the Olympic Games? But that's what I'm saying. I mean, this, this is what happens with a lot of things in, in the world. You know, uh, things get introduced. Nobody says anything. They take it to the next level. So this is what needs to happen now. This is being introduced. The athletes need to resist this thing. And, and and not allow it, you know. And uh, otherwise, they, they'll find themselves uh, in in that type of situation where somebody breaks the world record and he's not even in the final, doesn't get the medal to take it home. Oh, oh, oh. 
And if I understand you correctly, Hotsu Mukwena, you're saying there was nothing wrong with the previous format. They're just trying to create excitement. Yeah, it's just an excitement. It's just an unnecessary excitement. I mean, even the fans are saying, what the hell is this? The fans are not even happy about this. So I don't know what excitement they're looking for. So I think the previous rules, it should stay like that. Why, why break something that is working and want to introduce something that is not working? Yeah, no, I couldn't agree with you more. Let's see what happens going forward. But thanks for the insight, Hotsomukwena. Thank you for the clarity here. It was a bit confusing to some of us. Still confusing, but at least you've made us understand. How's that? Paul? Good one, Paul. What if the world record is broken? The guy can still finish last, so you can break the world record. And then you go into that mini-final with number three. And then if number three produces his or her best jump at the time, and then it's curtains for you. Whether you broke a world record or not, it doesn't matter. You don't win the event. It is unbelievable there. I don't know how much weight the argument that to create excitement, I don't know how much weight it carries because I think the long jump is very exciting for me, regardless of, of whether you just need one jump uh, to win it or not. I was in Rio 2016. I was right there next to the pit when Luvo Manyonga was jumping for Manyonga was jumping for silver there. It was one of the most exciting events I'd seen in that uh, in those Rio Olympic Games and Believe me, it was exciting because I was even there for Wade van Nikerk when he ran uh, that time there in that final. Was it 43.03? Wade van Nikerk. I was there, but I still thought the um, the long jump was very exciting with Uluvo Manyonga there. So, yeah, let's see what happens going forward. Up next, we're still going to talk athletics. We're going to hear now from uh, Anne Rune Veyes. Uh, she's a Paralympian. She was supposed to go to Tokyo this year and she had said that if um, that, that the Tokyo Paralympic Games would be her last. But what happens now that they've been postponed to next year? But let's firstly just play a voice note. Good evening, Mr. Masia and your guest. Uh, Ish. No, unfortunately, I'm not a fan like the other sport. I mean, like, uh, I don't understand the rules. But I do believe that uh, each and every sport has rules. Uh, if like it depends, uh, it depends like according to the rules. You must just take the win. Like there's nothing to discuss about it. Sport is about uh, what you do and uh, what's uh, what, 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 how talented you are. I mean, like here's the field. Show me your talent. That's how sport goes. I think like uh, if the rule says win, that's a win. Thank you. But he doesn't want to win like that. I hear what you're saying, but the athletes don't want to win like that. And I think they are the people that should matter here. And if they don't want to win like that, if it doesn't feel like a win for them, then what's the point of keeping those rules if they're not happy? Because they're going to end up embarrassing you. They're going to end up embarrassing the IAAF or World Athletics now because they're going to come out and say, but I won, but I don't deserve to win. This guy should have won and it's not nice. It doesn't make for good reading. But let's hear now from Anne Rune Veyes. I caught up with her earlier just to find out about the plans for 20. 20, especially now that um, the Paralympic Games have been uh, postponed. What does she make of it? Of course, uh, she is a para-athlete uh, and Renee Liebenberg, but she'll tell us more also about her disability. Um, it's definitely a privilege and an honor um, to be um, a nominee in two categories um, and as well have a platform that G-Sport creates, um, that women in sport is recognized and that we have a voice and that we see. Um, doesn't matter what sporting code or what color you're on, that's yeah, that's that's a real privilege um, to be part of it. Does it at least make up for the disappointment of this year? Because uh, you would have been at the uh, Paralympic Games. Yes, it's definitely a big disappointment. I think the tears are, are quite um, close. Speaking uh, <laughs> of the games that would have been close, it's literally the end of the month, the twenty fifth of August. The opening ceremony of the Paralympic Games would have been 
And I think um, it definitely is close to your heart because um, working in a four-year cycle to a Paralympic Games or Olympic Games, it's quite special. The journey towards that is really special. So it is tough. Um, but as I mentioned quite a lot um, on the platforms that I do get to be a voice is that it's not just me, it's the whole world um, that's part of it. And that's really important to keep on um, driving, keep on going, is to think that I'm not the only one being affected um, by this pandemic and COVID-19. But, yeah, we've got to see the positive things out of it and um, take all the things around us in for what it is. Um, and that I'm grateful for that the COVID-19 came to make me aware of those things. Um, so I'm um, quality time with your family and really go and invest in yourself and have time in lockdown to spend time with yourself and find out who you really want to be. And, um, you know, that's, I think that's a positive thing out of the COVID-19. So, so how have you been able to readjust your year then? Because I'd read earlier this year that this would, would probably have been your last Paralympic Games because you wanted to start a family. Um, yes, that's correct. Um, I, it actually, I didn't voice it that much until the lockdown came and a lot of interviews came and I didn't realize that behind, like, obviously I had it in my brain that this is like this is my last Paralympic Games. Not that I'm old um, or anything <laughs> like that. I'm only turning 28 now. Um, but it's, I've had 10 years in, in, in Paralympic sports and internationally representing my country. And that's a big honor um, that I'm grateful for. Um, and I just thought, you know what, um, I'm married now going for my third year. It's time where me and my husband, we can journey on um, on a different, a bulk on a different um, journey which is to start a family and also I want to give him the opportunity also to go get his dream and to also um, grow as a person and together and I think that's quite important but I'm not done yet um, I'm working towards Tokyo 2020 and 2021 and I still have that fire burning in me and I think the COVID-19 made me realize you know what um, I wanted to finish but I definitely have so much in, in me and I still need to use a gift and I still have this dream to go and finish at the Paralympic Games on a high um, and then we'll see what, what, what life brings after that. And do you have any targets? One, I know you had a good London 2012, and I'm not sure how you look back at Rio 2016, but do you still feel you've got something that you need to add or something you need to prove? Um, definitely. I was um, last year in 2019, I had an incredible year on the track. I ran TPs, I ran a world record in the 400, which I'm still amazed by and on awe as well. Um, what God has given me the platform to use the gift, um, He has given me, and I'm grateful for that. Um, I'm excited for the other athletes training back home as well, just as hard as I am, um, getting ready to bring the, the A game on the track. Um, my goals for next year for the Paralympic Games 2021 is really to go out there and, and, and go and re- um, try and better the world record in the 400 and also just to be the best athlete I can be. And what was key to your 2019, especially in Dubai? You got gold in the 400 meters and silver in the 200 and a bronze in the 100. Sure. Yes, if I needed to put in all the words of last year, it would be connected. Um, I think as a sport person and also to all the people listening, all the youngsters listening, and even if you're wise and you're older and you already had a lot of things in your life and challenges that helped you, um, it brought me back to my place where um, I actually asked myself why I'm doing things. Um, and I had this platform where it was just not me. It was a team effort. Um, last year, 2019, was my... Um, medals in Dubai and my um, PBs and the races I raced, it's just incredible and just so, so it made a team effort. And that's why humans are there, to support each other, we're a team to help together um, to be the best you can be. So, and I still believe God is still with me um, on this gift that I am um, unwrapping and using that he gave me. For those who are not familiar, how would you describe to them your disability and how you've had to deal with it over the years? 
we're um, uh, categorized in different disability categories. Mm. And um, I'm in T47. The T stands for track and the F stands for field. And that means I'm a below arm amputation, um, like a congenital amputation. I was born with a left, um, not having a left hand. And um, basically, I compete with girls that are, um, that have the same disability as I do. Also, um, some of them are 46, T46, which means they don't have um, a whole arm. They almost often their shoulder. Um, so I compete with them and, um, Yes, that's basically, so we're not competing in age categories, we're basically disabilities. And, um, you know, growing up, I was quite bullied quite a lot. Um, but I had an incredible grade one teacher who made me proud to not have a hand, and she made me realize, you know what, we're all different and unique and special, and that is something I truly um, appreciated from her. Um, and running was a part where I gained self-confidence, and that's where I just, I became the Anune. It's kind of like a part of me. Running is not me. It's just a part of Anune that's developed and let me grow as a person. Um, but being disabled in the time we live in now, um, hopefully a lot of people, and especially if you look different, um, people's eyes hopefully are not invested in how you look in your appearance, but really who you are, because I really believe we live in a modern era and a time where people's views are changed. And that makes me excited for the generation to come that I'm able to be a voice, that people see this disabilities as far more just the fact that I don't have it, rather than they can do it in a different way. And I think that's quite important. And finally, what's your message to young girls, and Renee, that maybe want to follow in your footsteps, that also have a disability, maybe are lacking in confidence? Okay, so the message I would like to give to young girls out there with regards to if you are disabled and you're a young girl and you um, have a lot of challenges that you do face, surround yourself with people that can help you um, and positive in your life and not negative. And... Um, I, what helped me is I prayed about uh, why my circumstances that I, I remember uh, Jeremiah 29 verse 11 um, says, For I know the plans I have you declare the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. And the plan idea for me was very tough, but journeying on that Bible scripture and spending time with God and people that supported me and were positive, it made me kind of put my disability into a positive thing and running and being spontaneous and Thing I have a place in the world made me develop as a person. Okay, that was Andrew Neveyers, a para-athlete there, uh, just talking to us about her plans for 2020 and 2021 and the fantastic 2019 that she had. In the beginning, if you heard her saying that she's happy with the nominations, she's been nominated for the G-Sport, the G-Sport for Girls Award in the category of Athlete with Disability Show. That's what she was talking to us about, Andrew Neveyers, who is a woman of courage, talent and conviction. She's also been nominated for the Momentum Athlete of the Year and Athlete with a Disability. So it's two nominations for Androne Veyers. If, if the name doesn't sound familiar, maybe Androne Liebenberg will sound familiar because that's what she used to be called and uh, before obviously she got married and she changed her surname.